0: Hey, welcome to Medical Stuff. My name is Mark from the streets, Frankham, and this is Chris, <laughs> Mean Streets of Battleground, Phoenix. <laughs> we have zero street cred. I'm going
1: to throw that out right now. Oh, yeah. No, I'm very much a white, suburban white boy. From Canada. Right. That's good. Uh, yeah, Oklahoma. No, there is no album called Straight Out of Canada. Exactly. <laughs> okay. There is Straight Out of Compton.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's all just uh, it's me rapping apologies and uh, <laughs> yeah, just yeah, trying yeah, to be polite, anymore. you know. <laughs> Talking to those fine women over there and sipping on my beer. <laughs> well, Fook the Mounties there, don't you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, this evening we're talking about street drugs. Sorry to any Mounties out there, by the way. Yeah, really. We don't want to offend oh, them. sorry. Out. We may do a tour in Canada in the near future. <clears throat> and by near future, I mean hopefully somebody will pay us to go do that eventually.
1: Yeah. That'd yeah, be nice. That, yeah, that
0: would be a very nice thing to do.
1: But yeah, we are talking about street drugs. We are. So when we say street drugs, we're not talking uh, about your typical run-of-mill, like, finely made cocaine or heroin. Right. We're talking your Maybe crystal we'll be talking nuts. about heroin. Yes. Way to mess that up. Did or are we going to talk about? Hang on. Yeah.
0: Scroll, scroll. Whole, se- whole section on heroin. Mm, yeah. Well, we're not, t- we're not talking about marijuana, necessarily, right now. We're talking about the drugs that are really messing up people's lives. Absolutely. And their homes. Right. So, the first one we're going to talk about is going to be crystal methamphetamine or crystal meth. So, Chris, what do you know about crystal meth?
1: Why do you ask me, Mark?
0: <laughs> well, you seem kind of jittery.
1: Yeah. Um, so, no, so crystal, uh, crystal meth is uh, actually something that in our local area was a bit of an epidemic. Mm-hmm. We work in the Oregon area. Uh, crystal meth is a, it's a methamphetamine, and one of its primary effects is that it is an upper.
0: Yep, it's a st- stimulant.
1: Yeah, it's a stimulant, and it'll keep people up for days.
0: And that was one of the first things it was used for. Yeah. So it was originally developed back in mm-hmm. the uh, uh, 1919 in Japan from regular and feather beans. Okay. Right, and became widely used during the Second World War to keep soldiers awake. And that would do the trick. That would do it. There's a uh, I've read or I've seen uh, historical shows on History Channel stuff like that where Hitler was using it.
1: Makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Back then they did not understand the long-term detrimental effects of it so basically what we're trying to say is don't use meth you'll become Hitler exactly
0: <laughs>
1: so and one of the things that we saw we saw a big uptick is that as other drugs became more expensive and harder to get methamphetamine right before regulations got in place uh, methamphetamine ingredients were fairly easy right and people were making it in making it in their homes and they were selling it Fun story I was on a uh, this is back when I first started I was working in Oklahoma
0: and we went on a car accident. And it was on the section of the road that was straight, but there was a sudden drop-off. So if you didn't really know it was there, it could throw you off. And this guy ended up in a field. So I'm going through this guy's pocket. I'm going to get your wallet out. Is that okay? Yeah, sure. He's on a board and collar. And I pull something out of his pocket, and it's this cylindrical tube about, two in- two, about three or four inches long. And I pop it open, and I pour some of the contents out, and it's this little flake stuff. I'm glad I had my gloves on because I look at this officer and I go, "Hey, man, what is this?" He goes, "Oh, that's probable cause, is what that is." <laughs> it was a flaked iodine, which they used in they used in the production of methamphetamine. Oh, gotcha. That gave him probable cause to search the car, where they found a portable meth lab in the trunk. Wow.
1: Yeah. So I think uh, it's back to his history, though. So I'm reading here in the 1950s, it was used as a uh, as a uh, diet aid. It also became, uh, yeah, they did because it will. It and an
0: antidepressant. Antidepressant because you are much more upbeat and energetic with methamphetamines. Also, it kills your appetite.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, if
0: you, you know, you'll be get. not only are you not eating, but you also have more energy to go do stuff. Yeah. So, in the
1: 1970s, we made it illegal here in the U.S.
0: Right. So, after that, uh, American motorcycle gangs were really the ones that took over the trade. And it was used a lot in like, the trucker community.
1: That's where it came up. Then not it get the nickname Biker Coffee or Biker biker Juice? Something there, like some, there When it's mixed with other stuff, it can be called that. Gotcha. Yeah, so
0: it became very easy to make. It's also known as a stovetop drug because you don't need special equipment necessarily. Mm-hmm. I mean, Walter White may argue with that, but... <laughs> well, it depends uh, on what you're going for. Right, <laughs> the yeah. purity. So, you know, you don't really need a whole lot as long as you have an apartment with a stove and some basic equipment. Or an RV. Right, or an RV. You can make meth. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, some of the stuff, but the problem is, is that some of the stuff that goes into making meth, because they're taking over-the-counter tablets of uh, Sudafed, Sudafedrin, mm-hmm. which is your stimulant, which is your your, your your amphetamine-type medication, and then you're mixing that with just all sorts of horrific things. Oh,
1: let's see, acetone. Yeah. Ammonia. Hydrochloric acid can be used. Oh, Jesus. Lithium. Yeah. Lithium found from batteries, by the way. We're not talking what you got at your pharmacy, although it is right. still lithium. But, was, yeah. So, yeah, the red phosphorus found off of matchboxes. That's actually used in a few drugs we'll talk about today. That's right. We're going to be talking about Crocodile later, and that's right. used in that production as well. Uh, Tulene, which is a, a brake fluid. It's also uh,
0: an engine solvent. So if you're cleaning your engine... But don't forget sulfuric acid found in drain cleaner right. and toilet cleaner. Or, you know, sulfuric acid, which is lye. <laughs> so this is what's going into making the drug. Absolutely. The problem is, is that this also, while you're doing this, you're heating it up and it becomes a vapor form of these, of these chemicals. Mm-hmm. And it will soak into the walls of the place where you're living. Or you're Not to mention it's it.
1: toxic to the user.
0: It is. I yeah. was reading an article about a family in Oregon, Southern Oregon, who moved into a house and within days the wife started having respiratory problems. The child started developing sores in his mouth because of the vapors that were in the house that were leached into the walls. Yeah. And it was it's that detrimental to the fact that the federal government in 2007 passed the, uh, the EPA, put out the Methamphetamine Remediation Research Act, which uh, they had to develop guard, guidelines for remediation of former methamphetamine labs. So if your house or an apartment or a motel room is found to have been a methamphetamine
1: lab, they actually have guidelines they have to use to be able to clean that to make it habitable for human beings. And it looks like one of the big problems is that a lot of these things will permeate the drywall itself.
0: It'll permeate into the studs. You have Jeez. to go down to
1: stud and clean the studs.
0: Damn. Yeah. So, you know, it takes two different efforts. The gross chemical removal, this is the process by which, you know, the law enforcement and the DEA remove the obvious dangers from the site. Now, in EMS, how does this affect us? Well, if we go into a house we don't realize that it's a methamphetamine lab, it's dangerous. These things are explosive. These things blow up on a regular basis, on top of being exposed to the chemicals that are in the air and in the wall.
1: We walk into so many houses, and mm-hmm. there's so many hazards, from dogs to animals to the people inside, that this is just kind of one more thing that now we get to worry about. Right. Now, it wasn't until the 2000s that at least our state, Oregon, started imposing... Um, Strong restrictions on pseudoephedrine medications containing pseudoephedrine.
0: Right, you have to actually show an ID and be put into a log every
1: time you buy it. Well, and that's in Washington State. In Oregon, it's prescription only. Oh, really? Can't get it here, yeah, without a prescription. Oh, I know this every cold season. <laughs> <laughs> I am I am absolutely reminded of that fact because yeah. the stuff works great right. for a code a uh, code a cold. <laughs> We not, do not give this not a code good a, Not good for a code at all. Uh, a code, in case you're not aware, is uh, someone's not breathing no pulse. Yeah, cardiac right. arrest. CPR not, is being done. Yeah, Someone get the pseudophed right. quick. <laughs> Stick it up a nostril, call it good. Um, yeah, so there's been a lot of regulation which has uh, increased the cost of making methamphetamine uh, because finding the pseudophedrine now takes more of an effort. Right. Well, unfortunately, what it's made, <laughs> also made to do is it makes it go into the uh, black market. It does.
0: You know. So when you're trying to clean it, you, you obviously, like I said, you have the gross chemical removal. Uh, this does not remove any chemical spills or residues or anything else. There you have to do is called a clandestine, clandestine remediation. I'm assuming fire. they mean. Fire. What?
1: I'm thinking fire at that point.
0: No, 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 no. Uh, the, cl- but to me, a clandestine re- remediation means like they they don't meet at the house. They all come in separately through different doors <laughs> at night. You know, they all nod at each other and touch, touch the size of the house. <laughs> What's well, clandestine? Clandestine, you know. But no, this is the this cleans the interior of the structure. Um, it can be also the surrounding land, surface waters, groundwater by EPA approved or National Crime Scene Cleanup Association certified company. Jesus. You know, this is removing, their, they have to take it down to the stud and then they have to clen- cleanse the studs and everything with a chemical to clear out all this stuff to make it safe for people to, leave, to, to, people to live in here. So this is from the beginning to the end. From the making, <laughs> from, the, you know, from the production of it, to the ingestion of it. It's just bad stuff
1: all the way around. Absolutely. And but it's good. very, very popular and very addictive. And it goes by a few names, and so uh, Mark has compiled a list of different names on here, and I love all these names. Speed, Crank, Tweak, Tweak I've definitely heard, Uppers, Chalk, Christina, that sounds nice, Tina, uh, Go Fast, that's that's from Alabama, and, he, and, and here's why I know that's from Alabama. I don't know that that's from Alabama, but I think that's from Alabama, because we used to have a mechanic that worked at our ambulance company, and he was from Alabama, mm-hmm. and very common in the culture there. You call things by what they do. Deodorant is called smell good, for example. <laughs> so when I see go fast, I'm like, oh, uh, that's, that's the, Alabama. That's an Alabama do. thing right there. By the way, love Alabama. <laughs> if you're listening. We're not,
0: saying defic- we're not saying that it definitively comes from that. We're just saying it sounds like
1: it was something they would say. Uh, cookies, cotton candy, dunk, gack. Gack, I believe, was like a competitor to Silly Putty way back when. <laughs> um, Boy, don't mix those two up. I mean, you think mess bad for you. Gack, Justin gack. My kids love gack. I like go-go juice. Go-go juice is good. Uh no doze, white cross. Hmm. Cause I'm just thinking little white crosses on the side of the road, which would make sense if you're driving well on meth. Eh, uh, pokey. <laughs> is that pokey or pooky? Uh yes. Uh rocket fuel Scooby Snacks. Wash, trash, garbage. Yeah, let's take garbage. I think that works out.
0: So then when you mix uh, these drugs with like cocaine or ecstasy, uh crack and coffee, this is where you get twisters, hugs and kisses. Fire, shabu, your biker coffee, and then party and play. <laughs> okay, so those are some of the various street names of the medication. But if you've been, uh, if you're using it, there are also some street names for there. And some of these kind of tickle me. Getting geared up, <laughs> chicken flipping, chicken flipping, hot rolling, hot rolling
1: makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. I like that one. Uh,
0: fried, like- foiled. Speed Freak, that sounds pretty good. Tweaking, I think a lot of people have heard. At least in oh, EMS, yeah. you hear tweaking a lot. Absolutely. Uh,
1: scattered, spun out and zooming. See, the problem is scattered to me. That's just how I'd, I describe right. just people as scattered. That eh, guy's generally pretty scattered. Right. Now yeah, it know. takes a whole new term on now, you know? Totally does. Uh, so what do you experience when you get this or when you take this? Well, yeah, there's an intense initial rush that may persist for about 30 minutes. And this is that, yeah, this is that uh, speed feeling. People feel, and people feel you know, that they have a higher motivation to accomplish goals. This mm-hmm. is where you get that stereotype of, uh, you know, meth heads cleaning a lot. Oh, yeah. Cleaning, cleaning, cleaning. Oh, yeah. I've been there. It's like three o'clock in the morning and this person is just going to town on their kitchen. Mm-hmm. Well, we had a guy that it took us 30 minutes to walk him from his apartment through his. He had an apartment where, um, it's a style of apartment where you enter basically an entire complex. It's a building mm-hmm. and all the, all the accesses and covers. And we're just trying to walk him out. Mm-hmm. And uh undercover, I should say. We're just trying to walk him out and every piece of trash he sees right. along the way, he's like, We gotta get that. Mm-hmm. We gotta get that. And it's like a breakdown, like mm-hmm. right there until the trash is removed.
0: You know, but they also have a confident they also have confidence in feelings of improved intellect. So they know how to fix everything. Oh yeah. You know, and uh, I mean that's what it seems like. I, I was gonna say operative word feelings of improved right. intellects. <laughs> But you also have the loss of appetite, which a lot of people go for if they're trying to lose weight. Yeah. Uh, so you can get significant weight loss. People who are chronic uh, meth users, generally very skinny. Their skin is generally in poor condition because they're not taking in the nutrients that they need to to support life. Yeah. thinning hair. hmm They can also... I mean, it changes their sleep patterns because you can't go for... I mean, these people will... They'll go for
1: days when they go on a bender. One of the things that we get to deal with, too, is the severe mood swings after that and mm-hmm. unpredictable behavior.
0: Well, so I ran... This is another guy in Oklahoma.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, had been in recovery. Three days earlier, he left the house to go to the store in his mom's car. He okay. no idea what happened to the car. He's been on a three-day bender. Something happened while he was between his house and the store that he went and bought some meth. It's now three days later, and he's... Up in a bad area of town, he's been beat up. No idea where his mom's car is. He goes, "There's a possibility I sold it for money to, wow. buy, more, to buy more drugs." Yeah, you know, uh, it's just it's just a horrible drug. Oh yeah, people lose teeth. You know they they will pick at their
1: own skin till they're sores. Well, a lot of times, um, at least in my experience, I can't really say a lot of times, but. We had a a patient that was convinced, this is kind of part of this cleanliness thing that I've noticed. They were convinced that there was, uh, they had dirt in their pores Mm -hmm. on their face. And, you know, which actually is normal to have dirt in your pores. It's called blackheads, you know. Um, And they were, the only way they saw to get the dirt out was to pick Mm -hmm. at their face incessantly. Oh, yeah. This person had ruined their face. Mm -hmm. And here's the hard part about that is even long after this meth addiction is kicked, those scars are going to be there. Oh, yeah. For life. Absolutely. I mean, along with this other stuff, you also get hyperthermia
0: because you're just go, 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 go. You never get a chance to slow down. Increased heart rate as well. Increased heart rate, elevated blood pressure. Mm -hmm. But, you know, these can be the patients that die because they just don't stop. We have to be careful in EMS that we don't
1: overexert these people trying to contain them. So maybe this is out of step with the tone we're taking. But when he said they just don't stop, immediately don't stop believing popped into my head. Yeah
0: yeah, yeah? yeah. Don't stop. <laughs> but along with the elevated blood pressure and the rapid heart rate, you can also develop an irregular heart rhythm, which can be detrimental. I mean, if you get too much of an irregular heart rhythm for too long, you can die. You can die. But those are the short-term effects. You have some long-term effects that go along with that, and one of them is body sores from you just picking at the skin.
1: <laughs> yeah. We and just we'll, went over that. You know like what I said, I mean? that, that can leave scars for life.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Breathing problems from inhalation. You good, man? Not really. (laughs) Breathing problems associated with smoke inhalation. uh, It damages the blood vessels in your body, causing you to have strokes. You could end up in a coma from this. But without that, it increases any mental health issues like depression, anxiety, or social isolation that you may have had to begin with. It amplifies those and can also cause delusions, paranoia, hallucinations. I really want to do a. South Park impersonation, right here, about drugs being bad, but okay. I'm, sorry, Drew, I'm going to refrain from that. <laughs> Apparently so, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> crystal
1: methamphetamine, it, you know, it is an epidemic. Yeah. And it, it destroys lives. So we started seeing a rise in uh, crystal meth in our area as heroin became more expensive and crystal meth became cheaper. And then as we started to see crystal meth become more expensive, heroin started coming back into vogue. Right. And so, why don't we talk about heroin? Okay. The H. So, heroin. It's an opiate derivative. And we're going to do
0: a whole show in the near future on opiates and their history and what a lot of people are talking about in the news. Mm. Uh, heroin is in the same family as opium. <clears throat> they all come from the poppy plant. And opium is actually a, an original, it was, is a multi-year, hundred-year, thousand-year drug.
1: It's been around for centuries. Well, heroin, heroin 1900 or even 1800 is when it was first. Right. It was 18, well, let me see, I think I got the date, 1898. Right. 1898, and funny enough, the compound was actually first marketed by Bayer as a medication. Right. And they called it heroin. It was probably derived from, oh, I can't pronounce that word, was that Hirosh?
0: Yeah,
1: that's where the name
0: came from, which is a German medical term for a strong, powerful, extreme... Uh, effect from small doses. Wow. So this was derived from morphine. It is dicetylmorphine, diacetylmorphine, diacetyl diacetylmorphine, I'm going to keep saying it until I get it right. Yeah. <laughs> uh You know, and this was made because a lot of your morphine is injectable, especially back then, and still even today. You know, you don't generally find, you find liquid morphine. Yeah. You don't find morphine tablets too much. Right you know so
1: well i mean for a number of years we gave morphine on the ambulance iv right yeah you know
0: so this was developed it was taken it could be taken in an oral form a powder form i was reading one story about a gentleman they were using a lot as a cough suppressant and sedative initially that's what it was brought in for was for there was a the story of a patient who was as had a chronic cough sounds like he was maybe in CHF and then he started was, was started giving morphine in a uh, sanitarium. He'd been in and out of the hospital for this problem multiple times. And so a sanatorium, or sanitarium, this was a sanatorium, I'm sorry. These were places back in the day where you were sent to when you had severe illnesses like uh, tuberculosis. Yeah. You had to be kept away from everybody else, and so you would
1: go to a sanatorium. And they were horrific. And what a lot of people might confuse it was sanitarium would be something that involving your sanity. Right. Sanatorium is a uh, sanitary area. That's kind of where that that word comes from. First, I don't sanatorium. think the
0: Metallica hit would have been as near, as good as it was sanatorium. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing.
1: Because <laughs> you had just, sanatorium. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, <laughs> Make me clean. Exactly. <laughs> All, right. All, right. All, right. All right. I'll stop. Please, please yeah. stop. Um.
0: So but anyway, he was given this medication and it actually started, he started sleeping during the night. He started breathing better. He started having slower respiratory rates because mm-hmm. he could breathe better until they, and, but they didn't understand the
1: addictive qualities of this. They also didn't really understand why. And actually, fun fact, uh, even prescription cough syrups today contain opiates mm-hmm. uh, for this exact reason. And, and we'll talk about that in here in a little bit. Yeah. And it's, uh, the thing that opiates do is they do a couple things for you. And one of the things that they do is they decrease air hunger.
0: Mm-hmm. In
1: other words, your body's natural drive to take in more oxygen is dampened. And this is actually what ultimately over uh, results in an overdose, is eventually your body just says, I don't need air anymore. Right. And stops breathing. So if you are someone who has a chronic breathing condition that constantly makes you hungry for air, and mm-hmm. you take a medication that reduces that, your respiratory rate lowers, mm-hmm. and you feel better. Right. Unfortunately, <laughs> you're not taking in the oxygen you need to take in. You just don't know it. Right.
0: One of the quotes I saw that, uh, you know, kind of made me chuckle. was like, uh, it took a long time for the medical profession to realize the full danger of heroin addiction. On the other hand, very little time passed after the drug became readily available before the underworld and smugglers discovered that heroin possessed properties even beyond those of other narcotics. So although it took the doctors a long time to realize just how addictive this was, uh, the drug dealers and the gangsters were like, oh, this stuff is good. We're on it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So... Starting in about 1916, so the, you know this is uh, you know not too many years after it was discovered and started being used. Uh, the public health services
1: hospitals in the United States discontinued dispensing heroin at relief stations in 1916. If you can imagine that concept, you get, and we got to understand the drug regulations we have in place didn't always exist. No, and, and the tight control; these were being dispensed at relief stations. Right. Yeah. You need relief, you go by and the government
0: will just give this to you. Because it made people feel better. Yeah. You know, you hear conspiracy theories now about the government uh, drugging this population. Yeah, they used to. Yeah, they used to do it. It, Well-intentioned. Right, exactly. People walked up and took it. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, in 1920, though, the House of Delegates of the American Medical Association said that heroin should be eliminated from all medicinal preparations. And that it should not be administered, prescribed, or dispensed. And this is about the time where everybody in the world was really starting to see that this was a bad drug. And the the, the products needed to make it started becoming regulated. Right. But it still took until 1924 before the Heroin Act was uh, enacted, which made it legal to possess or produce heroin. So, like I
1: said. And that stopped everybody. It's not a problem anymore. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> <It> went,
1: <laughs> bam, right there. So there's actually a couple different forms of heroin. So there's, uh, so white heroin generally comes from Southeast Asian powder form, and it's easily dissolvable in water, uh, and it's quite acidic. Off-white or light brown heroin that comes from Colombia, it's powdered, also dissolves easily in water. Brown heroin is coarser than white, although it still comes in a powder. Generally from Southwest Asia, it's hard to dissolve in water, and it's pretty stable when exposed to heat. That is, it's difficult for it to change form or structure when heat is applied. Oh, you have the dark brown or black heroin. It's um, your favorite, right? Yeah, exactly.
0: Uh, it comes from Mexico, and it's a solid, or as opposed to a powder, it is less pure than the lighter forms of heroin. It can be made into a solution by adding heat. So this is where you find people freebasing. This is where you get your heroin spoon. Gotcha. You know, and your you mix this with um, a, a, some sort of liquid. A lot of times, uh, I think they've been known to use, like, ether.
1: What is, it? is like that, that so is free basing is the base what you're mixing it with you mean the term where it came from free basing yeah because i've heard this term and i'm not i'm not particularly familiar so with what
0: it. i so what i understand freebasing to be uh is you're actually breaking down the drug into a liquid form so it can be injected
1: gotcha okay. so you
0: take your powder you heat it up with a liquid of you know some form and then you're able to draw that up and inject it straight into your uh, straight into your art, uh,
1: veins. Or an artery, you know, go, go big or go home. Right. Just <laughs> get this done. So,
0: you know, so this, uh, this, dark ter- this dark tar, this black tar heroin, the problem with any heroin is that it's, obviously it's non-regulated, it's illegal. So what can happen and where generally we get called for these calls is somebody has gotten a hold of heroin that's more pure than they're, they're used to,
1: but they use the same amount. Right. Well, and we talked about meth coming in, heroin getting expensive, meth coming in vogue, Mm -hmm. meth getting hard to get, heroin coming back. And what we did see is we saw people who were used to taking heroin in the 80s and at the concentrations or at the level that heroin was at then get back into heroin for the first time in a long time take their old dose. Right. And this is different heroin than they used to have. Right. It's been a few decades. What can happen that just
0: a really pure batch, because, so what they do is they take the pure form of heroin, and then, and so a person who produces that will sell it to a dealer. Yeah. And then that dealer, to help amplify and make profit, will cut it with something else. So it's not as pure, but you have more of it, so you can sell it. Right. Depending on where you, and this can happen multiple times. Down to where you have, you know, a a very small amount, less than ten percent, and then God knows what else. Exactly. Yeah. Again, not regulated. It's kind of whatever they found. Yeah. Whatever's handy at that point. But you know, so you you're used to having heroin that's two to five percent pure, and then a batch comes through that didn't go through as many levels of dealers who kept cutting it. You know, and now you have something that's fifteen or twenty percent pure. And so you have a heroin form that is much more potent, but you don't know that. Right. You know. I and had now a, you're overdosed. I had a patient who, well, that was a cardiac arrest. We get there. My partner, who was a trainee, he goes in first with the, with the uh, monitor. I'm grabbing the other kits. We're first on scene. I get upstairs. This guy is sitting in the middle of his floor, a little weirded out that we're there, soaking wet. And there's a young lady there. So I walk in and I look around. My partner's going, what's going on? What's going on? The guy's going, nothing, nothing. What'd you smoke? Nothing. Dude, there was a four foot bong in a bag of weed by <laughs> your bed. And I looked at my guy and I was like, you're soaking. Were you smoking heroin? And both him and my partner gave me this different, for different reasons, looks of, how'd you know that? Right. Well, because he smoked the heroin or shot the heroin. I think they were, think they were smoking it. Sure. It was a pure form than he was used to, and it knocked him out, knocked out his respiratory drive. So the girl was throwing cold water on him, trying to revive him and stimulate him into breathing. Gotcha. When that didn't work, she called 911, right? Yeah. So he told me, do you want to know why he does heroin? Why? He wants to get into modeling. Great, it's not even that simple. Saying, it's not that simple. On. He wants to get into modeling, and in case anybody ever offers him heroin, he didn't want to seem lame. <laughs> that was why he told me he was doing heroin. He's this... also sitting there scratching. This, by the way, is why reality TV is not a guide for life. No, not at all. Um, he's also scratching his head, his arms, his chest. My first thought was, man, if you have scabies, I swear. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, I go, why are you scratching? Uh, Well, this always happens when I smoke heroin. Yeah, it's called an allergic reaction. (laughs) You now have more reasons to not smoke heroin than the rest of us on this planet. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, he was using a, a dosage, basically a concentration that he wasn't used to, and it knocked out his respiratory drive, and he'd stop breathing. Wow.
1: But, you know, I mean, at least
0: he has a good reason to be doing heroin. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, what I told him was, I go, see, if that were me, I'd go, Oh, yeah, heroin. Yeah, I used to do that back when I was poor. Right. Jokingly, he goes, oh, that's good. I'm like, oh, dear sweet Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Sweet baby Jesus, help me here. Help me. So, some of its names. Black Tar. Ooh, China White. Dope.
1: Eighth. Don't understand that one. H. Yeah, Horse. Horse. Mm -hmm. Which, by the way, playing horse now has a difference. It does. Yeah. Well, you have to have some age if you're going to play horse. Yeah, well, it, that's how you start. Exactly. Uh, junk. Mexican brown. <laughs> Poppy. Skag.
0: And then smack, which ha- holds a uh, little memory for me, because I remember back when I was a kid, my sister had a book that was going around. It was called Dinky Hawker Shoot Smack. And it was a story about drug addiction. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Totally. It was, t- it was like 14 kind of book.
1: Wow. But that's my only real uh, See I think to. uh Smacks, the old cereal with the fraud Sugar Staps, yeah. I uh, uh, g- g- gotta have my smacks or something like that. Or maybe I'm remembering this wrong.
0: There you go. Yeah, it's a book. It's a book by uh, Mary Jane <laughs> oh, Mary geez. Jane Meeker wrote Dinky Hawker Shoot Smack. Yeah. The plight of a girl who is hooked on a on a food and whose mother is too busy to buy to be concerned in the face of her mother's uh Wow. This is made in 1972. This is a deep book for a it is. kid. Yeah. Well, like I said, I think it was like a teen sort of thing. I could be wrong. It could have okay. been totally adult. And uh, so, yeah. Oh, well, shit. Right. Yeah, Dinky Hawker shoots smack. <laughs> <laughs> so, some of the negative effects of this. What are well, the pre- positive effects? Well, the positive effects, nice. you get the euphoric feeling, right? You get a rush or high of intense pleasure. It lasts about 30 minutes. And this is where you see, I guess you see on TV, I don't like to use TV as an example or movies as an example because they generally tend to be more for theatric productions, Especially in the medical field. Exactly. But, you know, they you'll, they, they inject it and then they automatically always just relax because they're, they're taken to that high. Now, I've also heard the first time you do heroin, you're going to puke your guts out. And it is a side effect of the drug. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, so I don't understand why people get hooked on it. Only for the fact that if, if I do something that makes me puke my guts out, I tend to not do it anymore. Right. Yeah, right? I
1: will never eat an entire container of mustard again. Right. One time. <laughs> or two quarts of uh, blueberries. Oh, geez. Yeah. yeah we already covered listen, that. Yeah, yeah, listen to our anaphylaxis episode. <laughs> you will just uh, that reference. You'll see the story there.
0: But after that, they get experience of warm, flushed feeling, uh, accompanied by wakefulness and sleepiness. It can last for three to four hours. Which, Crocodile, which uh, we'll get to eventually, uh, came about because of the expense of heroin. Yeah, here it was meth that became popular, and uh, Russia was where crocodile came from. Yeah, so very prolific. That's yeah, very, very, just a nasty. If you really want to vomit, go look up pictures of patients who have been shooting crocodile. Oh, I did for a while. In,
1: in preparation for today's episode. Uh huh. I did actually. I found a, uh, a video of a guy in a hospital and he had the crocodile. Yeah, uh, and yeah. Were... Look
0: that up, but we we're going to put a warning on that. It is truly
1: disgusting. Absolutely, this is not. If you're about to go get something to eat. Right. Save it or for later. Or just eight, yeah. yeah. Or just eight, Or
0: your kids are around. Yeah. Or you're on a, one of your first dates with your new boyfriend. Not Probably a good shouldn't <laughs>
1: Probably not Yeah. Probably shouldn't be caught looking up
0: this kind especially, of stuff. <laughs> especially if <'cause> you're like, <laughs> hey, what, what are you looking are you, at, honey? <laughs> what are you into? <laughs> <Right. Like. laughs> exactly. Uh, no, yeah. So, uh, you know, if you're going to look it up, that's great. We did. But just make sure that you're, you're prepared in your in your head properly for what you're going to see. Yeah. So negative effects, it causes severe brain deterioration. These
1: people just end up having a long-term deterioration of their ability, of cognitive abilities. Yeah. And so a lot of, some of that is going to come from, and the problem with opiates, as we mentioned earlier, is that, that air hunger decreases. Mm -hmm. So they don't breathe as much. You get less oxygen. You can have hypoxic brain injuries from this. Hypoxic brain injury is just not enough oxygen to the brain. Right. Brain deteriorates. Let's see. You can catch infectious diseases, especially if you're shooting up.
0: Well, because you're uh, sharing needles. This is why uh, needle exchanges, although can be controversial, are advocated for. Is Because people are using dirty needles, they'll use the same one over and over again with multiple people. Yeah. So if one person has HIV, they can infect everybody who's using that. Or hepatitis, or tetanus, or what other plethora of uh, uh, diseases that can be uh, passed along by this. It can collapse your veins. It can actually do damage to the veins right in the area. To the point
1: that they just stop functioning. Well, this is actually one of the things we'll even see. Because we start IVs for a living. Right. And uh, which is essentially the same idea. You're putting a needle into right. a vein. And this causes physical damage and they will scar. Right. And one of the side effects here, too, is we'll go on patients who have a history of drug abuse are now having real medical problems mm-hmm. and need IV medications. We can't get it. Ran a guy. Why don't you walk him, man? It's nicer. Nope. I'm going <laughs> to run. Because I care, Chris. Because I care.
0: Uh, He had been shot twice in the abdomen. That sucks. He was at home with his girlfriend. Two guys busted into his house, tried to rob him. He chased him around. And they shot him twice in the abdomen. Could not get an IV on this guy. And he told us straight up, you're not going to get an IV on me. I was a drug user for many many years, an IV drug user, and my veins are crap. Damn. And he was right. We did not get an IV on him. Yeah. That's sad. um, Constipation, which is a very
1: common side effect of opioids. Yeah, we actually see that a lot of people, with a lot of people have prescription pain meds as well. Mm-hmm. They're often prescribed a prescription pain med, which is an opioid. Right. And a, uh, laxative as well. Right. Uh, it can cause decreased blood pressure. One of the side effects of
0: opiates is that it causes your vasculature to dilate. Mm-hmm. And if you listen to our cardiac episode, you'll learn that, you know, three things are needed to have good blood pressure. One of them is the size of the container, which is your vasculature, the amount of fluid you have in there, and then the pump.
1: Yeah, and so if those veins get too big, you drop pressure. Right. Although we'll actually use it as a treatment sometimes. Um, when so heroin? morph, uh, <laughs> not, not heroin, but oh, morphine no. as an as an opioid uh, was right. a common treatment uh, for cardiac chest pain. Mm-hmm. And you because it would cause some vasculature. Well, we still use fentanyl. Uh, yeah, we do. We still use which fentanyl for cardiac. Can chest pain. have the same effects. It dilates the vasculature. Yeah. Um.
0: So when you do that, lowers your blood pressure, but it can also, for some strange reason, they put these together, lower your libido. Damn. Yeah. So, but it can also slow your breathing and your pulse, which we were talking about. Now, if you couple the fact that it slowed your breathing down and decreased your drive to breathe, and it's altered your mental status, so you're not really aware of what's going around you, it can also induce vomiting, which can cause you to aspirate the vomit, causing huge infections, pneumonia. Mm-hmm. And pneumonia can be lethal. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, in fact... Especially uh, in
0: a in a demographic that don't generally seek help from emergency services, because of their use of heroin. They're averse because they they know that if they go to the hospital, and, you know, there's a possibility the cops will be called, stuff like that. And it's not overly true, necessarily, if that happens, but it still makes them very very leery of emergency services. Yeah. Yeah, so that's uh, some of the down-low on heroin. Let's talk about something a little newer. Really? Yeah. How new do you want to go? Let's go with lean. Lean. So wow, you're going new. Purple drank. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, staying in the opioid... Vein of things. Ah. Ah. Vein. That's uh. terrible. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> so Lean started in Texas within, since the 2000s. Uh, I was watching an episode of a show called Black Market, and they were talking to people, and it started really predominantly in the Houston area, from what I understand. Okay. You know, and this is a, it's a party drug, mm-hmm. uh, it's called Lean, and what it is, is it's They mix together a cough suppressant, uh, cough suppressant that has codeine or promethazine or both in it. So they have to illegally get a hold of this cough syrup. Then they mix it with a pop, predominantly like a sprite, but they can use any sort of soda. And then Jolly Ranch is thrown in and dissolved to help cover up the
1: taste of the cough medicine. Oh, wow. Yeah, so. Probably Grape Jolly Rancher, I'd imagine, if we're going for purple.
0: Well, yeah. Well, apparently the purple comes from the purple drink. The name purple drink comes from the fact that the uh, cop syrup makes it uh, purple. Oh, fair enough. That's where it comes from, yeah. Um, Again, this this is uh, codeine cop syrup. So
1: they're very dangerous because codeine can be a very powerful drug. Yeah. And just like the other opiates we've talked about, heroin, has those same side effects of decreasing air hunger? People don't want to breathe as much, and so their body won't. And that's pretty much what the overdose is: is your body no is so respiratory depressed? That's mm-hmm. what that's called respiratory right. depression. Uh, that you don't take in enough air, and you die. Right. The prescription cough syrup makes it dangerous because codeine, like
0: any other opioid, can be very, very addictive. Another problem with this drug is that drink to drink, literally, you don't know the strength of it. Because People, they're mixing it right there at the table.
1: Yeah. Ger- suddenly Jerry takes over, and now you've got more. <laughs> Jerry's a little more liberal with his codeine part. <laughs> Which, by the way, this, this is what kills my street cred. In my mind, this is essentially a lemonade stand at a party. Right. <laughs> and there's just, there's like a pitcher and some
0: styrofoam cups. Right. And well, and then you couple that with a lot of times at these parties, they're also smoking marijuana. Ooh, marijuana
1: cigarettes? Yes,
0: marijuana. Yeah. You know, they're smoking pot, which can also be a depressant. They're drinking alcohol other than the lean. We say depressant, we mean respiratory depressants. Right. You know, then you're also drinking alcohol. And the cumulative effects of this can be devastating to your body. You know, so a lot of times this is at parties now. It's gone nationwide. This is something that happens across the nation. It was very interesting. I saw on that TV show is that how... In Houston, lean parties where they have lean are generally very mellow. Yeah. When you go to other parts of the country, it's actually, they actually there's actually much more rambunctious and can be very dangerous. It doesn't really mellow out the party the way it does in Houston. Yeah. You know.
1: And I believe that I believe that this was uh, made popular by in the uh, hip hop scene, uh, more of yes. the uh, southern rap. Yep. It, oh yeah, and the
0: uh, and the show that I was watching, it was a lot of recording and rap artists and. Everything like that, they would have them recording episodes or like uh, their that's and these are well actually um, <laughs> now that you mentioned that there was a uh, I believe it was Little Wayne.
1: Yeah, well, so there's a, there's a story behind there that you might have actually seen. This was actually in August of 2017. One of the major pushers of Purple Drink was a guy that went by the name of uh, Harry. Well, it's Harrison Garcia's his name. Cuban Harry was his nickname. And he was the self-proclaimed CEO of Purple Drank. Hmm. And so he had a – his Instagram account had some 36,000 followers. And he was kind of a figure. And there's pictures of him with Chris Brown, Lil Wayne, Mm -hmm. uh, some of these celebrities. And they – he actually posted enough evidence against himself on Instagram (laughs) To implicate himself as one of the major dealers and one of the major pushers of purple drank, really, yeah. So he was uh, responsible for really, I guess, it was the South Florida scene right. and just pumping that full of purple drank. Right. And because he was selling the ingredients, he's making money. Oh yeah. And so, but yeah, he he basically posted enough photographic evidence of himself. <laughs> that he was uh, arrested by police. If and you're going to go, go to jail, you might as well do the work for the police for them. Which is nice.
0: Mm-hmm. You I know? Mean, I'm,
1: sure the priest, I'm
0: sure the police have thanked him for it. No. So you keep calling it Purple Drink, but it also goes by a couple other different names. Purple Lean, mm-hmm. uh, Scissorup, Dirty
1: Sprite, and Lean Drink. So, I think Lean Drink is just not very... Right, they should have really thought that one through. I don't think so, lean is really
0: addictive because of the co- uh, the co- codeine in there. The codeine makes it is a powerful opioid. Um, it's generally found in smaller doses, which is why people don't think it's that dangerous. When you're mixing it out of a cough syrup, it is actually very potent. Uh, but also, that has pre- a lot of cough syrups have promethazine in it, and this is a uh, this reduces your congestion from allergies and colds. And in a small amounts, it's fine. But when you take it in large amounts, you can have seizures, hallucinations, wheezing, uh, night terrors, confusion. You know, and then the, you combine that with the codeine and any other drugs you may be doing or alcohol you may be doing. And actually, Little Wayne was uh, put in the hospital after drinking too much. He actually got hospitalized, you know. So the chance, and like we said, first guy makes the first drink, puts a certain amount in. Somebody else comes along... Night's been going on a little bit. Everybody's a little bit high. Everybody's a little bit drunk. They're not paying as much attention. They're just more liberal with everything. And so your next drink is much more potent. Yeah. And then your next drink
1: is much more potent.
0: (laughs) Next thing you know, you wake up in a hospital, hopefully.
1: Well, and here's the thing about this is when they're talking about these drinks, they're very... It's easy to use it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not... There's no... I don't want to say skill, but... There's no well, you don't have to know how to free base and find a vein a- absolutely
0: and you're it... drinking a drink and it's built to taste good right or at least taste passable right And like I said sprite is very common but they are actually uh, on that show I was watching they were there were areas where certain pops were very popular with us and it was usually your fruity type pop drinks mm-hmm. that people really
1: were attracted to. I imagine strong strong flavors mm-hmm. it's going to kind of cover that up. So you want to talk about uh, Croco- Crocodile kind of stay in the, the opiate lane a little bit, and then maybe finish up with some bath salts? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which, a, by the way... a party. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, I, I... Okay, brief digression here. When bath salts first really started hitting the news, I, I will openly claim my ignorance on that one. I didn't really what? know what it was. What? And I was literally sitting here because we had actually had some actual bath salts for the bath in our <laughs> there home. Was, there was a... a there
0: was a thing yeah. I was reading today and they're like there was like uh on the webpage I was reading they're talking about bass salts, but then there was one of these little uh cut out boxes that was uh highlighted. It was yeah, like, you know, and basically what it came down to is This is not to be confused with Epsom salts, which are used in baths to help people for
1: medicinal reasons. (laughs) Which is what which we had. They just make the bath smell good. In is what the ones we had. But I'm sitting here, I'm like bath salts. Why would you use bath salts as a drug? (laughs) No wonder this guy went crazy. That's just silly. I wonder if he used sage. We use sage, you know. But anyway, (laughs) should we
0: be using sage? Maybe we shouldn't have this in our bath. Sounds terrible. Exactly. Um,
1: But crocodile. Uh, So crocodile. Is uh, has it's hit the news a little bit, and like we'd mentioned earlier, the most the striking feature of crocodile uh, isn't necessarily um, the fact that it's addictive or or like what it does to get people high. It's that what it can do to the flesh. Well, because so,
0: everything they mix it with
1: as ab- yeah, and we're gonna get to that ingredients list. Well, and, and, and again,
0: this is kind of a newer drug. Yeah, and it's really hasn't made a huge
1: yet impact in America, but there's a reason for that. What's the reason? Well, so in Russia, so uh, the main, I wouldn't say the main ingredient, one of the key ingredients is codeine. And so in Russia, it's available over the counter. Right. And here it's not. Right. And so what what happened, so in about 2002, this is when it really started showing up, and it was primarily in Russia, actually in uh, Siberia, mm-hmm. that area. And what people were using it for was when heroin became too expensive for a junkie, this was a way to continue to get that heroin high. Now, technically, crocodile is much more powerful than heroin itself. Right. But there are the risk of crocodile is so much greater. That is why this is the second step usually. Right. Um, one publication that I read had estimated that once someone has become addicted to crocodile, mm-hmm. life expectancy is between one and two years. Right. Well, these are patients. I mean, if you, if you decide to
0: go look at the pictures and again, only do it if you're really interested in, in just disgusting mm-hmm. things because
1: it eats away the skin. Do not eat pork chops immediately afterwards. No. I'm just going to tell you.
0: No, but I mean, it literally, the skin is sloughing away and there are reports of people leaving the hospital to go get high again, even though there may be bone exposed in the areas where they inject it.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, right. it is it is that
0: addicting. It's so more addicting than heroin. It is more addicting than heroin, but also it has a shorter action time, mm-hmm. so you have to do it more often. Right. But so, like meth,
1: go ahead. Oh, sorry. So Crocodile, so I think like what Mark was probably about to say here, uh, Crocodile is something that people are making at home. And it's actually a form of uh, medication called uh, desomorphine. Mm-hmm. So desomorphine has been around a long time. It was an alternative to morphine that was a designer drug that was made by a company specifically to have a quick onset and not last very long mm-hmm. and then go away. And the idea was that it's easier to treat patients that way in terms of being able to give provide them temporary relief but not snow them to where you can no longer assess their mental Well for what we do this is one of the reasons people have gone to fentanyl and EMS. Yeah. is because
0: morphine has a longer onset time mm-hmm. and a longer action time. So we can give patients fentanyl; it takes effect more quickly, but once you get to the hospital, it wears off more quickly,
1: and that allows the physicians to examine. Unfortunately, pain is part of any examination, right? And so we got to kind of know where you're at. There.
0: But then they, but then they, if they find that the patient doesn't need longer-term analgesics, they can, you know, they don't get the morphine. But if they do, then they can move
1: on to medications that have a longer action time. Yeah. So what ends up happening for them to make this, they purchase uh, codeine oh, again over the counter in Russia. Mm-hmm. And they mix it with paint thinner, gasoline. Iodine. Iodine. And then, uh, red phosphorus again from match heads.
0: Here's. This is, I mean, this is the same stuff you're making meth with. Yeah. And when we talked about how bad meth was for your body, this stuff is even
1: worse. Yeah. Oh, and here's a tip, folks. Really quick. If you know, if you notice the theme, if one of the ingredients could say power an automobile. (laughs) You probably should. If you could light your it. cigarette with it, yeah, you know? exactly. If you, if you if you are cooking, if you are lighting, um, if you are lighting up your crack pipe with it, right. then you don't need to use it as a drug. Then you don't need to be smoking it with the crack. Yeah, absolutely. You know, but this
0: so this medication one of the reasons it's so bad it is highly, highly, highly addictive.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, but it's also got the shorter action time.
1: You got to keep going back. So cooking. you
0: have so Whereas you would do. One maybe two heroin once maybe twice in a day. Now you're doing it four and five times in a day, and this is extremely destructive because you're injecting it straight into the skin with these, this iodine, this paint thinner, mixed in and you know cooked into this, Mm -hmm. and it will actually cause. The reason it's called crocodile makes your skin look like crocodile skin because it gives you before it starts
1: sloughing off it will give you a scaly skin just like a crocodile. What these are is a bunch of small little blisters. Mm-hmm. So essentially you're getting chemical burns right under there. And this is an effect that happens when something called extravasation occurs. And that is when whatever that was supposed to be injected into the vein gets outside of the vein and into the surrounding tissues. Now, bear in mind, you can actually hit the vein just fine and have this occur, mm-hmm. especially when you're injecting things like paint thinner and gasoline, because they will actually destroy and break down the vein. Right. When you go back to that same vein again and again, you could otherwise hit it, and then that time when you push, because the vein's been so destroyed, it now seeps out into the surrounding tissues. Mm-hmm. And that's what causes this crocodile. Mm-hmm. And it will destroy the surrounding flesh right down to the bone. Well, I mean, we talked about it becomes
0: scaly. It can also become gangrenous. So Mm -hmm. you get gangrene from using this. And then
1: if it gets to that point, your only option is amputation. Right. And keep in mind, it's not just, if you're at the point of getting gangrene, you also have, you're also just a few steps away. From becoming what we could call septic. Mm -hmm. Any infection that you can now get at the uh, site. Two steps away? (laughs) You're You're probably there. (laughs) Yeah, you're going septic because your body is dying. You're waiting for the butler to open the door before you walk into the sepsis land. Right. Like, that's where you're at. And what sepsis is, is when an infection goes from a localized spot, which would be the injection site, uh, and spreads throughout the rest of your body. Right. That's called septicemia. It becomes systemic. Yeah. And that's lethal. In addition to the drug being lethal because it's a respiratory depressant, just like the other opioids we talked about. Right. Yeah. You know, so, like I said, meth is horrible. This stuff is worse.
0: Yeah. Thankfully, it is not spread in the North American region because of the regulation of codeine. So it becomes much more difficult. And I believe they've been talking about and it may have changed that codeine may not be available over the counter in Russia now. I'm not sure. I didn't actually look that up. I didn't either. So, you know, hopefully they've changed the rules. Maybe they have, maybe they haven't. I don't know. But
1: So, let's bring it on home with bath salts. Yeah. Not the Epsom salts that you put in your bath. So, this first broke the news to me. I first heard about bath salts. I actually believe you sent me a link. This was before we ever did the podcast. Right. And, uh, I mean, so, so Mark and I, like anybody, we like our zombie movies. Right. And one of the early stories that I recall was there was a... A man had chased down somebody that I don't even think he knew and Mm-mm. beat them and ate their face. Was chewing on their face when the cops got there. Yeah. And I believe he was shot, mm-hmm. too. Yeah, I was chewing on the patient's face uh, or the other person's face, which then became a patient, uh, when they got there. And that was the first time I heard about bath salts. And, yes, that was what I'm like, oh, man. Yeah, we got some of these in our house. <laughs> <This is> exactly. <laughs> then I read, and I'm like, "Oh, oh, yeah, that's uh, not the same thing. Absolutely not the
0: same thing." I feel kind of dumb now, right? <laughs> so this is uh, the synthetic cathinone, such as mephedrone, which are similarly chemically similar to cathinone, which are naturally found in a plant. Now these are these were first synthesized in the 20s, but it never really took off until the beginning of the 21st century, around 2000 2002. Uh, where they're kind of rediscovered by these underground chemists labs. Where what these are is they are non-regulated, obviously being underground. Mm. Uh, but they have everything they need. To, a professional. This would be the Walter Whites. Yeah, these are professional chemists. They know what they're doing, and they're making designer drugs out of things that aren't illegal. Right. So when they bath salts first came out, for why were they called bath salts?
1: I believe just so they could ship them a little more incognito.
0: And they could sell them because it was never meant to be taken. It's like a spice. The drug spice, which is a synthetic THC. Yeah. Uh, was never intended by the manufacturer to be ingested. It was sold as an incense. So it wasn't illegal. Or well, therefore not and regulated you, by the FDA. Right. And what you do with it after you purchase it is not on us. You know, that? Yeah. Or we sell it as a bath salt. Wow. So, yeah. It's and so, but again, even if they sold it to be ingested, it wasn't illegal other than it was unregulated. Yeah, wow. Because these were drugs that just they were perfectly legal because nobody had ever used them before. I mean, these things, thousands of these drugs are made every year and they can be made for completely legitimate reasons. Now, this is a completely legitimate drug that I'm going to get getting ready to talk to, but Rogaine for men. Why was it developed? Grow hair? No, it was an antihypertensive. Really, and they yeah, it was an anti-hypertensive, and they found that uh, when applied topically, it increased hair growth. Oh wow! Well, it's kind so of like, they, uh, they cut bait on the on the anti-hypertensive line, and
1: they went straight for male egos. Well, and <laughs> let's talk about Viagra. Yeah, Viagra. Viagra actually started out as an alternative to nitroglycerin. So mm-hmm. we give nitroglycerin for people who are having angina, which is chest pain, or heart attack. Yeah, or heart attack. And the idea behind that is it causes that vasodilation. So if you do have an infarction, or basically a clog in a pipe to mm-hmm. the blood flow to the heart, um, this helps dilate those pipes to allow blood flow around that mm-hmm. problem area. And what they were working on was a medication that would be more targeted because mm-hmm. the side effect of nitroglycerin is it also drops the entire body's blood pressure by causing vasodilation. You know it's working elsewhere. when it gives you a headache. Yeah. And so they were working on a medication that would be more targeted. They just... And it is. Right. They just miss the target. The target's not the heart. (laughs) Yeah. And again, they're like, hey, male egos. Right. Oh, yeah. And the problem is,
0: is that we have to, before we give nitroglycerin, we have to make sure the patient's not been using any sort of erectile dysfunction medications because they will potentiate each other and can cause blood pressure to drop off to the point that you can't sustain life.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: Back to bath salts. Right. (laughs) Away from boner pills. Exactly. (laughs) Away from men's egos and back to bath salts. So... These underground labs, you know, started making these drugs and putting them out. Now, in 2009, 2010, significant rise in the UK and the rest of Europe, and then, of course, the United States with these drugs. Drugs marketed as bath salts first came to the attention of authorities in 2010 after reports were made to U.S. poison centers. You know, and then that was around that time, I believe, that this story came out. But at that point, they're being sold in gas stations and head shops, you know. Everywhere. And it made them easier to obtain than cigarettes and alcohol because there was no regulation on these things. You could go into the right gas station. It's not regulated. It's not illegal to sell to somebody who's 18 or 16 or however. Five? Yeah. I mean, so... That might be an exaggeration. That's probably an exaggeration, but... um, They can also be bought online and sold in packets. So... The ability to get this was tremendously increased. Yeah. Until 2011. <laughs> yeah. And then the DEA had an emergency scheduling of the uh, MDPV, which was the main the, ingredients in The cathinode, is that what that is? Ca- uh, yes. Okay. It's um, I had that down somewhere and I can't find it right now uh when it was signed into in July 2012, President Obama signed a law banning mephedrone the main character, uh, the main uh component in it uh the methylone and the mdvp which uh they're all common ingredients in basalts. salts. So again, they're in these underground chem labs they are coming out as very pure, very good. And to this day, we're still seeing these drugs occasionally come out where it's a designer tr- uh, designer drug. There was one a couple years ago that came through uh, our area, it was called, I want to say like I-25. Okay. And it caused seizures and everything else. This My first introduction to this was a 16-year-old kid who was being held down and was handcuffed, buck naked, after running around in an apartment complex, screaming and yelling. And a couple people, a couple kind of citizens had detained him. Oh boy. In the grass on his face. That's <laughs> they were, yeah, and called 911. Actually, they didn't call 911. They're getting ready to call 911. And a state trooper who was going home for dinner happened yep. to be driving by. <laughs> and uh, I was like, I looked up and I go, Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's want to get home, have a little bit of lunch, you know, yeah. have dinner with his family. Uh, he was very Not appreciative. You know, well, he was very appreciative because he was going to follow us to the hospital. You know, I was like, well, he's under the age of 18. He's completely whacked out of his head. I said, we can take him on implied consent. His, you know, yeah. We don't, can't refuse it. We're not going to let him out if he wants to get out of the back of the rig. So Sometimes we need police officers to do what's called a police officer's hold if someone doesn't want to go with us. Right. So, so, yeah, I was like, yeah, we can take him under implied consent. And he's like, oh, great. So, well, yeah, okay. I'll come and have dinner then. You know? <laughs> right. But we end up having to four-point restraint this kid to the gurney with soft wow. restraints because he was just so out of his head. Only thing he would yell the whole way to the hospital was, it's in my pot, It's in my pot." <laughs> well, did you look? Well, I told my partner, it was his last day of training, uh, and I go, you know. That sounds like a chief complaint to he me. He said, you know, an excellent paramedic would look to make sure. He goes, you know, I've always been very comfortable as a C student.
1: You know what? Good response. Yeah. Good response. response. Let's see. This also goes by Bliss, Cloud9, Lunar Wave. See, I would Uh, take something called Lunar Wave. (laughs) (laughs) We all know that you cannot handle your drugs. Vanilla Sky. Right. That's a good, that's a good, that sounds like something, that sounds like a plug in, like a wall outlet plug in to make your house feel nice. Uh, White Lightning. White, I like how, by the way, White Lightning, no G on the end. (laughs)
0: Uh, That may have been the way it is spelt. That may have been piss poor typing on my
1: part. No, nah,
0: let's go with the way it's spelled. Okay.
1: That's, that's a better story. <laughs> what does this do for people, though? So let's see. It's actually,
0: it's similar to cocaine, but 10 times more powerful. Oh, that's exciting. So MP, uh, here it is. I finally found the thing. The MDPV. It's a uh, methyl lenadioxa, Bless you. Provalerone. Yeah. Um, MDPV, those, those who know. Yeah, it's like MDPV. <laughs> yeah. You got but, the mid-piv? Yeah. <laughs> uh, ten times more powerful than cocaine, uh, and it's just, uh, and it's the most common synthetic cathinone found in blood and urine of patients admitted to emergency departments after taking bath salts.
1: And the bad side of this thing is paranoia, extreme, and unreasonable distrust of others. Oh, yes. Hallucinations. Although Now, here's the thing. The paranoia and the hallucinations... That makes sense for the uh, eating of the face. Next one on the list, though, is increased friendliness. Well, it depends on how you define friendliness, (laughs) And sex drive,
0: because that's the next one. Right. Increased sex drive. Increased sex drive. uh, Panic attacks. That makes sense. Then this last one, we kind of touched on this a little while ago, is excited delirium. Yeah. This is actually becoming a problem for people in emergency services, police departments, EMS professionals, because these are patients that... They are amped up on these drugs. Mm -hmm. They are so out of touch with reality, you just can't make sense with them. No. Uh, There are some videos uh, online you can see one particular of a guy who's at home, and he's like in his 20s, and he's a good-sized guy, and he's buck naked. These people tend to be naked. Um, They don't understand what's going on around them, and when they feel threatened, they will fight. And you are the enemy. And Everybody. And
1: you're not just an enemy. You are a life-threatening right. enemy. These people are not just trying to defend themselves. They are fighting for their life. That is the only time I've ever been scared in the back of an ambulance. Well, I don't know if it's the only time, but it's one of the few times where I've been legitimately scared in the back right. of an ambulance. And I'm going to admit, this was like a 14, 15-year-old girl. Right. But she got... Here's what a lot of people don't don't understand. One person, especially on drugs, but even even not... Uh, to restrain one essentially full-grown adult—that's all your energy. Huh? It's not like you're gonna do that and get your IV ready, right? And so basically, what I well, did was to we do was, it safely.
0: We oh, generally yeah. have five, six people.
1: Yeah, to strap down one person. Well, she was she she was a little out of her gourd before we started transport, but nothing nothing that I would have had any indicator to right. need to take extra people with me, right? And we were just a few blocks away from a. From a local hospital. And when we got maybe two more blocks, she decided it's on. And she'd been kind of fighting her safety belts the entire time. And finally she had gotten them off. And she starts, uh, and I'm on the bench. And I'm thinking she's going to go for the back door. Which, here's my policy. I will slow down. and Well, slow down. I don't want you to hurt yourself. Right. But at the same time, I am not going to get hurt. Right. Or risk going out that door with you. Right. That's your choice. I'm sorry you've made bad choices today. Well, she didn't. Straight for me. And so the only thing... It's straight for me. Right. And like claws out. Mm -hmm. And so the only thing I could do is I basically just jumped forward, put kind of... Whoops. Sorry about that. Uh, Jumped forward, uh, just kind of put uh, my arms straight out and just kind of bear hugged her and then back into the gurney. I grabbed the uh, supports of the gurney and just pulled down and just sandwiched her down on the gurney.
0: And this is the problem is that these people, like I said, they're not fighting to defend themselves. They don't... Most people, if you get into a fight, a physical confrontation with somebody... There's usually a point in the fight where pretty much everybody knows who's going to win. And if you are on the losing side of that, you have a point in your head that says, okay, I need to get out of this situation. And you're not going to try and kill this person because it's just a fight. It's a physical confrontation. Yeah. With these people, and it can be people who, there are different classifications in my mind. Some of your patients who are mentally challenged, and I'm not talking uh, special needs people, Uh, I'm talking some of your dementia patients. Mm -hmm. I'm talking some special needs people, but the people that they don't have that switch of, okay, that's too far. They're doing in their mind, especially these, these people that excite delirium, they are fighting for their life and they're, they're going to kill or die. Yeah. And so the problem with that is, is that as emergency service professionals, you can all, I mean, you should legitimately be using just enough to subdue them. But when they're going all in,
1: you got to go all
0: you in. You've got to go all in with just enough to stop them. Mm-hmm. The difference is, again, us being sober. If it gets that bad, we know when to back off because we're getting too hot. We're getting mm-hmm. overtired. We're getting, you know, yeah. These patients don't have that switch, and so you and get, so they will you know. keep fighting and keep fighting and keep fighting till either they go into cardiac arrest because they've. Uh, their heart gives up Mm -hmm. or they become so hyperthermic that they start having seizures and detrimental effects because their body has become so overheated. Right. This is what can happen in raves where people are so high, they are dancing out on the floor. It's hot in the building because you have hundreds of people all dancing. You're not stopping to drink or cool off or go outside and they will become hypothermic. Just like the heroin makes you not want to breathe. This these drugs will make you want to do stuff to the point that you do it till it kills you. Wow! Yeah, you know, Exciting stuff. Yeah. So yeah, there's a like I said, there's videos and some of the videos I've seen is one of them was how to do it wrong, <laughs> <laughs> and some of another one of the scenes was how it's done right, where the police showed up, this guy's buck naked, he's screaming just insane things at them. At one point where he's on the ground and they're holding him down on the ground by his limbs, he's worried about making sure or asking if he can touch his penis. Hmm. I just want to touch my penis. I just want to touch my penis. And that's all he's worried about. Yeah. They brought in EMS. EMS were, we have a protocol to restrain people chemically. Now, what this means is you're sedating them. Yeah. The problem is with some of these people, our protocol doesn't allow, enough, is not enough medication to properly sedate these people because they're so over the top. So then we have to physically restrain them. But then we have to be worried about whether they're going to become hypothermic or if they're going to do anything else to themselves. Yeah. So that's some of our street drugs we're going to talk about. And I think we're going to do this again. Absolutely. Yeah, there's, there's a lot a more a we can lot. talk about. Like I so said, we're going to do one about opiates. Just the mm-hmm. opiate uh, scare and the opiate crisis that we have going on in the country. I think that's going to be a good episode. Yeah, I think probably
1: touching on uh, MDMA ecstasy. Mm-hmm. We'll oh,
0: yeah. There's a lot out. more out there. Uh, that we can do. and Yeah, I think we'll do another one of these in the yeah. near future. this was fun. So, uh, my name's Mark. That's Chris over there. Yay. We're available on Twitter at med- Medical Stuff, at MedSideStuff, M-E-D-S-I-D-E-S-T-U-F-F. You can also find us on Google Play and the iTunes Store. And then we have an email. It's MedSideStuff at Yahoo.com. All right. So, if you have any questions, concerns, complaints, Uh, Keep your complaints to yourself. (laughs) (laughs) We just want positivity in our life. Thank you. Yeah. We have fragile egos. We do. (laughs) Thank you for listening, and we will talk to you later. Toast. Toast.